Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello. Hello. It is a monumentous occasion, isn't it? The show is back. It's just one of those days... (laughs) When you don't want to wake up. That wasn't the monumentous oca- the momentous occasion <laughs> I was talking about, actually. The, the 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 occasion I was talking about was the release of a brand new Limp Bizkit album, which has made us be brave enough to stand up and talk about new metal again. Finally, after an eight-year wait, Stampede of the Disco Elephants is finally out in the world. <laughs> When we last spoke to you, all our dear listeners, it was going to be about Mushroomhead, um, who proved to be so awful that we just stopped. We couldn't handle listening to them. So maybe we'll get round to Mushroomhead sometime. Short answer to where they stand on the new metal scale is they're shit and they're not very good new metal. <laughs> so they don't, they don't, they're not going to rank well on our very complex new metal scale. But something that has reignited the love in us is this new Limp Bizkit album, isn't it? Yeah, which has dropped, you know, not quite out of nowhere, but it was a bit unexpected. There wasn't that much of a build-up apart from when they were touring this summer, they released the single Dad Vibes, which I texted to you along with the question, can a song be a shit piece? <laughs> which, and if you don't listen to our course. other show, a shit piece is a film that's like a masterpiece of shit. It's an ambitious and film that's good, but also not good. Exactly, exactly. And and the answer to that question is yes, a song can be a shit piece and Dad Vibes definitely is. So yeah, they, they, they released the album two days after notification to their fans that they were going to release a new album, wasn't it? So I think on the 29th of October, they said, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna release a new album on Halloween. And then on Halloween... Out came Still Sucks. <laughs> Limp Biscuit Still Sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wonderful name. Truly awful artwork. I'm 100% here for it. The artwork really is terrible, isn't it? It is. And, and Limp Biscuit. It's a bit monkey dustish, but not in a good way. <laughs> it is. Limp Biscuit artwork hasn't always been great. I think, you know, you've got the very iconic um, covers to Significant Other and Chocolate Starfish. Um, which are yeah. very, you know, you, you see that and you immediately recognise it as as bullshit from Limp Bizkit. <laughs> I kind of always hated the cover of Chocolate Starfish, but I always liked the one from Significant Other. The one with the weird, um, grotesque babies sitting in a pool of hot dogs. Yeah, not not really down with that. If no, honest. it's a bit, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, Significant Other, meanwhile, looks the most new metal cover I think you'd ever see. It's got the baller goth skateboard guy with the big feet. Exactly, exactly. And then from then on, things get progressively worse, though. So you've got Results May Vary, which is just green dust. Yeah, um, <laughs> which an album best remembered for their terrible cover of Behind Blue Eyes. <laughs> yes, because so, yeah. I've, got, I've got a confession to make. I actually really like the song Eat You Alive. I think that's a very, very uh, good... It's not bad. Yeah. I think it's a very, very good song. But yes, Behind Blue Eyes is truly awful. Um, then you've got The Unquestionable Truth Part 1. There was no part two, of course, um, which again looks a bit like a shit post. 
yeah. in in artwork yeah. form. Um, and then you've got Gold Cobra, which has scantily clad women and a cobra. Yep. The album which will be remembered for the single Douchebag, of course. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which is an iconic Limp Biscuit track. But I actually went back as a point of comparison. I went and listened to a couple of tracks from Gold Cobra. And what's really weird about it is that his vocal doesn't sound like him. The, I, on Douchebag, it sounds the most like him. But on a lot of the others, it doesn't have that sort of Fred Durst twang that the early records and the classic records like Break Stuff have. And it sounds like he's trying to sing like someone else. And it's really odd. Did you think that? I, I feel the same way about Gold Cobra. Um, it's it it lacks that that, and I mean this in the best possible way. That asshole twang that Fred Durst has <laughs> when he says the word "yeah," you can really feel it. But but Gold Cobra doesn't have that as much as the other albums. But I'd say that Old still sucks. That's got he's got his twang back, hasn't he? He's got his dirt. Absolutely, a hundred percent. I'm going to go as far as to say that this is the album that they should have made after Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. This is the best of times. It is the dirst of times. <laughs> um, <laughs> You've been working on that one since the last episode of the show, haven't you? <laughs> That's why we've taken so long. I needed to come up with a terrible joke. Um, and yeah, I'd agree. Obviously, you know, um, after Chocolate Starfish, where's Borland left? Um, which might have resulted in why they covered Behind Blue Eyes. <laughs> Yeah, but um, but yeah, th- this feels like a continuation of where they were from ch- Chocolate Starfish. At times, it feels mellow, like some of the later stuff. Um, yeah, there are a couple of random slow songs in there, aren't there? And those ones, yeah, I listened to a couple of times, and then on the subsequent listens, I skipped them because nah. Limp Bizkit slow songs are always awful. Um, let's yeah. be honest here. But but conversely, there's some real jams on here. Um, out of style is a jam dirty rotten biscuit is a jam <laughs> is a hilarious jam <laughs> dad vibes i need a biscuit i need a dirty rotten biscuit <laughs> da- dad like what does that even mean <laughs> um dad vibes of course is excellent as well um yeah fred durst is a dad he is a dad he? and he's got good vibes he has like grown-up children yeah because he's an old man now um yeah and um and but then you know you've got other songs it's not just them rehashing their old stuff you've got barnacle which sounds like a a um a nirvana song i was gonna say <laughs> that exact same thing it sounds like like a grunge song yeah. from 1992 yeah and his voice goes all screamy on there but it works it does so because yeah. the first three songs are kind of vintage limp biscuit you're like, yep, yeah, here we are. I'm willing to entertain some different stuff now. So yeah, so Barnacle, I think that's a really standout track, actually. And yeah, it sounds like, like a Nirvana song. But when he starts actually properly screaming, which he doesn't tend to do that much, or hasn't done on previous records, you're like, yeah, I'm into this. I feel your pain, Fred. I feel your anger. Barnacles, you stick to everything. Barnacles, get away from me. You don't have to stretch the mind too much to know to get that metaphor. But it works. I mean, what what you need to consider is that actually it was not a metaphor at all. He was literally talking about barnacles um, because he did take the years out between uh, album releases to be a fisherman. Um, little known fact about Fred Durst. He spent 10 years as a fisherman. Uh, Everyone in Florida has to do that at some point in their life. <laughs> yes, it's like uh, national service. It's, exactly. Rather than joining the military, they have to spend a decade as a fisherman. Um, it's the curse of the Florida man. <laughs> exactly exactly but but you've got some songs that do feel a bit more expansive like that um i really enjoy you bring out the worst in me which um 
Yeah, it's, it sort of goes to half time and then he starts screaming. That's the first screaming bit in the yeah, album, isn't it? Yeah. You You're like, oh, well, that came out of nowhere. And yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, it, it almost reminds me, it feels closest to Boiler in terms of classic Biscuit era. Um, yeah. but, it, but again, it kind of pushes the boat out a little bit more. And I really enjoy the fact that it's it's taking these little experimental bits, but it's doing it in a fun way. And none of the songs are long. Um only one no. song is over four minutes. You can listen to this album in just over half an hour. Um, it's, it's a short album, but it feels like it's exactly the right exactly, thing to me. Exactly. It might be worth adding as well that the four minute long song, half of that is taken up by a fake interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's, this is a fun album. A very dumb skit. It's an extremely dumb skit, but skits are a, a forgotten part of music. You don't see them that often yeah. these days. And I'm glad that it's in there. Um, cause yeah, this is, it's, it's fun. It's short. It's exactly what Limp Bizkit needed to do. And I'm glad it's here. Me too. And it's kind of, it's just self-referential enough, isn't it? That like, if you've listened to even just a little bit of Limp Bizkit or you're aware of what Limp Bizkit is, you're going to find some of this funny and engaging. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's very tongue in cheek. Um, but not to the extent that it becomes a parody of themselves, but it is self-referential. Um, you know, Limp, Limp Bizkit are a band that, that haven't always been the most serious, but here they sort of recognise their own reputation and they turn it internally and they talk about how they're old and how people hate them. And it's like, yeah, yep. okay, they're, they're on board with it. There's no problems there. Um, because Fred Durst is, of course, renowned for being hated. <laughs> It's yeah. the thing he's probably most well known for. He's got um he's one of those few people that has a huge subsection called feuds under his uh, yeah. Wikipedia <laughs> under his Wikipedia page. Um and um and yeah, but but this is a much more you know, it's it's got that same catharsis from a musical standpoint, but there's more of a a fun playfulness here that um that calls back to songs like break stuff and rolling and and things like that doesn't it it's it's self-aware in exactly the right way isn't it yes yeah exactly exactly um they're they're saying yep you know what we're kind of old now people still seem to hate us for some reason even though we haven't made an album in 10 years so let's 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 ride that hate yeah (laughs) yeah exactly let's have a song that's just like two guys talking about how much they hate fred (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is which is again a real highlight um it, but it's yeah it's it's a very fun album and i think it's it's yeah it's it's uh it's fully worthwhile listening to i think if you're a fan of Limbiscuit, then you're going to enjoy this yeah i i genuinely have really really enjoyed listening to this over the last couple of days and i yeah i obviously haven't been listening to much new metal of late so it's been something that's really yeah been quite different for me and has been really fun yeah yeah, no, one, one, one hundred percent. I think what I also enjoy is is Fred Durst still pretending to be an actual rapper. Um, yeah, because yeah, there's no- a couple of these songs that are more like don't even really have guitars on them. Like um, "Turn It Up, Bitch" is kind of a rap song, isn't it? This album does use the word "bitch" a lot, doesn't it? And that's unfortunate. It but do- that's it- kind of a rap song. No, there's no it- guitars on it. It does, but in terms of. Um, you know, uh, insulting terms. Bitch is about as far as it goes. It it's it's not it's not offensive in the same way that classic new metal sometimes was. Yeah, um, and it's all the better for it. 
and yeah he says bitch a lot <laughs> from from the first song onwards talking about bitch but i don't think he means it in a in a misogynistic way i think he's referring to everyone no. as as a as a bitch yeah the world is his bitch <laughs> everyone's a bitch including limp biscuit and fred durst you know I, I think there's some iconic lyrics here like you said you've got uh, can you rip like a dirty rotten rotten biscuit um is is excellent um <laughs> dad vibes of course check out your dad with the swag on the floor yeah uh, mama mama gun brag when i walk in the door as a father i very much appreciate that um <laughs> i think I, I i think this song was written just for you wasn't it it genuinely feels that way yeah Damn this dad like a river, flow so cold, need ice to deliver. <laughs> Drop so hard mean? like a rock, dad don't stop, so damn clean, he a mop. <laughs> <laughs> I, <coughs> I was listening to it when I rolled up at nursery to pick up my son today. <laughs> I think when you reach the stage where you can embarrass your son... Um, this has got to be one of the songs that you put on and you have it on really loud with the window down when you're waiting to pick him up from school. Yeah, definitely. Or when you're driving them to the cinema to go and see whatever Marvel movies come out. <laughs> you just put on, this is what we used to listen to back in my day, son. Yeah. <laughs> put on dad vibes. <laughs> that's that's the market. Fred knows his market, right? He knows the people <laughs> that he's aiming for. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then he just at one point the song just goes la di da because why not? <laughs> it's brilliant, and that the, the, those kind of non sequiturs are what makes Limp Bizkit Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Um, and like, it, what is a snacky poo? <laughs> don't know. Do you think I'm down with the kids? I'm not. No, down with this, the kids. this must be some Gen Gen Z thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. Um, according to Urban Dictionary. Snacky poo is a treat or light snack such as licorice or chips and dip. Ugh, I hate licorice. That has only been voted on twenty-seven times, so I'm not sure about the 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 reality of the situation. But that's what Urban Dictionary tells us. That's not scientific. Um, can I? Fred Durst's definition appears to be chocolate on the starfish. Everybody kiss it. <laughs> Um, in case you were thinking that things have become more nuanced since Limp Bizkit were at their, at their peak, um, even the more serious songs also have truly fascinating lyrics. Uh, here's You Bring Out the Worst in Me. It's Halloween and I'm your ghost. I promise to haunt you the most. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good rhyme. It's, it's great, isn't it? Um <laughs> You put a knife in me, all for nothing, carved me like a pumpkin, always for nothing. I think we might, you know, this album might have been released on Halloween. I think the lyrics are kind of yeah. pointing, <laughs> pointing at that. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a, oh, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of this album. Yeah. Snacky Poo, I think, might actually be my favourite because it's like a, the chorus is like an anti-social media screed, isn't it? It says, <laughs> yes, everybody got yeah. a mic, chasing all they can to get another like. I don't need another motherfucker in my life looking at my life, giving me a like. I need a Snacky Poo. <laughs> exactly. And I think, you know, it's um, it, it, it truly fits into the dad vibes as well because you can just imagine Fred Durst as a dad going, oh, put your phone down and read a book, honestly. The world's yeah. not on your screen, lad. Back <laughs> in my day, we didn't have any of that stuff. 
when I was a Florida, when I was a Florida man in my a Florida boy in my youth on the fishing boats, we had none of that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, back in my day, all we had was Ozfest and Lollapalooza. Yeah. <laughs> all I had was a giant toilet to climb out of on stage. <laughs> And they were like, yeah, sure, Dad. Like, as, as if you climbed out of a giant toilet. <laughs> Are you going to be one of those dads that deliberately antagonises your children in that way, in a playful way? Most likely, yes. You've got to do and it, tell them you? strategic lies. <laughs> strategic lies. What, what would you consider a strategic yeah, lie? Yeah, you know, then? stuff like... Um, well, not necessarily strategic, but stuff where it's going to take a while for them to realise the truth. Like that a mountain goat has one set of legs smaller than the other, so that's how it stays on the mountain. Oh, that's a good one. And it just keeps going around the mountain. That That is that is very good. I was thinking you were going to do stuff like teach him that doing the jerk-off motion is a way to say hello. Oh, yeah. Well, in some countries it is. Let's just do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before you go away on holiday somewhere. Um, oh yeah, here we are. We're going to Spain. In Spain, you know, if you put your middle finger up, it's a way of showing respect. Um, <laughs> I might actually teach him to do it to people in the car behind us who think it's cool to toot their horn at a guy with a baby on board sign because they took too long to pull out into very heavy traffic. That would be good if because because they're not gonna they're not gonna attack the child. If you did it, you get in trouble. He can be your little buffer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they they roll up after he's done it and they just see me with my dad vibes, blasting out dad <laughs> vibes. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to move along. He, he, he's like, come on out here, mate, and we'll have a little tumble. That's how people talk in, in the outskirts of London, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, where, where I live, that's how we and talk. And then you step out the car and you put on your aviators and you just stare them down, <laughs> straight faced, and go, your style is a pancake. Time for me to flip it. How many times are you going to change how you rip it? I'm sorry to say it, but ain't nothing can fix it. You should play a forest because your audience is crickets. <laughs> I did think that was a good line. Which is fantastic. Um, and then I'll say chocolate on the starfish, everybody kiss it. <laughs> um, it's, it's um, yeah, it's it's a truly beautiful album. I think it's one of... It's, Maybe not one of my favourite albums of the year, but it is one of the more enjoyable ones I've listened to. Yeah, it's it's goof factor is very strong, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and, you know, speaking of which, at some point we do need to rank this on the new metal scale. Um, for, those, yes. for those who haven't listened before, we have a very scientific method of of working out how new metal things are because because pod dust we're not about working out what the best band is or the most no. successful or the most popular we're here to work out the most new metal band which is very very different so we have seven categories uh that we cover off here on here on pod dust so we talk about riff quality catchy chorus quality theatrics the number of superfluous band members hair color and style variety goof factor and the cringe barometer for modern day listening and those are the the things that we we work out we put it into our new metal supercomputer um it's just a regular computer but it's got that s that we all used to draw in school put on the side oh yeah yeah um and then we um and then it comes out with a calculation for us and we can work out how new metal they are um, so I don't know if you want to do that now or if there's anything else you'd like yeah. to say. 
No, let's let's do that for the for this album. So this album as a standalone gets its own rating because it's such an important and significant album in the um new metal canon. Oh, it's it's a it's a it's an iconic moment, isn't it? You don't often get the release of a new Limp Bizkit album. No, and one that is genuinely good rather than them trying to do something different that's rubbish or just like rehashing yeah, rehashing what they've done before, which this isn't. Um so so to begin with, we've got riff quality. So out of 10, in terms of the riff quality, where I think you? the riffs are there. I you know, think there, there's nothing that's like maybe as, as good as break stuff for us. I mean, the early, the early biscuit, but those first three tracks have really good riffs. Mm, mm, exactly. Um, I think, you know, where they, something to bear in mind is that this album doesn't try to do riffs all the time. And so those moments where they don't riff, it's not necessarily because they're not, successfully doing riffs it's that they don't want to yeah. um i am going to take points off for doing slow songs because there's nothing less new metal than a slow song yeah um, those are the ones you skip but what do you reckon maybe a seven yeah i say quality. seven's fair um in terms of catchy choruses there's some pretty good ones here even the ones that are more wrapped like like dad vibes they stick yeah. with you don't they la di da <laughs> <laughs> exactly la di da um, yeah i'd say m- like at least half of the album has of the half of the songs on the album have a chorus that sticks in your head yeah for sure yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. so i think maybe we go for an eight here we bump it up an yeah. extra notch um but then we come to theatrics and obviously theatrics is more referring to like live things but from a single album perspective i guess we can talk a little bit about their you know the the album arts and things yeah, like that. Yeah, but also Fred's what they, um, what dad they, vibes costume. Yeah, what that have he's they been wearing been, on stage? What have they been wearing recently when they've been playing live and things like that? So I think yeah, maybe a good six here. You've got you've got Wes Ball and continuing to be Wes Ball, and you've got Fred Durst uh, dressing in his dad vibes outfit, and then the other guys being the other members of Limp Bizkit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah so maybe but a six- it, you know, there is also a theatricality to the lyrics isn't there and to the overall vibe the goof factor yeah. of the album yeah is, exactly yeah, there, there's a theatricality to that as well that's all kind of tied together um and then and then we come on to a number of superfluous band members and unfortunately limbiz kit have been one of those bands that's never really had superfluous band members you don't have three people hitting steel drums um, no. You don't have. Someone... You could argue about DJ Lethal's role, but, but even here he gets to do a little bit of of of, of DJing, doesn't he? There's some scritchy scratching in yeah. there, and he gets a mention in the lyrics. <laughs> exactly. Is it a, is it a Limp Bizkit album if DJ Lethal doesn't get a mention? Um. So so I'd put it at a four here, which I think is what we scored in the first time round. Because yeah, that's fair. Because they all pull their weight. Um. You know, it, it, there's there's no one screaming into a bin that's counted as a band <laughs> member here. Um. <laughs> But in terms of hair colour and style variety, we had Wes Borland, obviously, historically, pulling pulling all of the weight for Limp Bizkit. But now, of course, we've got Fred Durst with his with his moustache, with his dad, with his dad vibes he's, outfit. He's pulling his weight a bit more in that department these days, I'd say, rather than just, just not being like, yeah, a hat-wearing butt-chinned front man who's actually, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's doing some, he's, si- some stuff. He's doing some more here. So I think, again, we go, we, we bump that up to a six, I think, because before they scored very lowly, um, understandably. So I think, yeah, a much more respectable score there for the new metal side of things. Um, and then Goof Factor, I mean, it's got to be a nine again, hasn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. This is premier goof. This is one of the goofiest things. It 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 works incredibly well because when they try to be serious with their slow songs, it just amplifies the goof. Yeah. Because you're listening to it and then you're like, oh yeah, this is Olympus Kid album. And you just you suddenly get pulled right back into that goofiness. Um so yeah, very high scoring on the goof factor. And then in the cringe barometer for modern listening, um, I didn't cringe that much listening to this. I don't know if I've now just become such an old man that I don't care about what I'm listening to. Yeah, but maybe this this category, this criterion is not that is not applicable because it's a new album, I guess. Yeah. Because most of or all of the other bands we've listened to have been more of a retrospective, even if they were still going. It's still we still kind of... primarily listen to their stuff from the 90s and early 2000s. So maybe we just NA for that and yeah. we come up with the calculation. You can average um, it out. Give it a five, can- maybe. Yeah, exactly. So if we, so we can either put it as a five or maybe we just NA and we, we work out the calculation based on the other factors. Oh, you could do it without it? Yeah, yeah. You know, we've cool. got a supercomputer here that can work these things out. So, Oh, that's um, what the cool S stands for. Supercomputer. <laughs> supercomputer, yeah, exactly. Um, when you were drawing that on a table at school or in a book if you were a nerd and didn't want to do graffiti on a school table. <laughs> fucking nerds. They, that's the kind of people that used to listen to... What's a rubbish? They used to listen to Mushroom Head. Mushroom Head. Biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, right, okay, let's, let's, I'm going to pump these numbers into the supercomputer now and we will work out exactly what, um, what comes out the other side here. So bear with me one moment. I'm just getting the printout now. Oh, here I go. So, in fact, we have got an incredible score for a metal podcast of sixty six point six percent. We've got the six. We've got the devil number. We've got six six six. I think that's what Fred would have wanted, which I think is exactly what Fred would have wanted. So sixty six point six percent new metal. That is a respectable score, I'd say. Um, I'm. I. I think that Fred would be happy with that, don't you? Yeah. I think that's exactly what's to be expected. And, you know, any uh, any of the other bands that we've talked about on this show coming out with a new album now, it won't be as good as this or as satisfying as this. So, you know, it's, it's, it occupies, I think, a very, very interesting place in musical history. And I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I think this has been a really fascinating thing for them to do. Um, obviously, you've got bands like Korn that have just kept making music. Um, yeah. But so so the, you don't have that kind of exciting, oh my God, it's been a decade and Limp Bizkit are back. You don't get that for anybody else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pleased. And you know, most here. of the time it would have been, it's been a decade and this band's back and oh, the new album is meh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas here they've, it it somehow manages to feel fresh and like Limp Bizkit at exactly the same time. Although to be fair, I can't think of any new metal band that's gone away for 10 years and come back with an album, so... No, they've all either just completely disbanded or have kept plodding along, um, haven't they? So yeah, um, minus most of their original members in a lot of cases. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Um, what about if Edema came back with their original lineup again? There we go. Do you remember? Do you remember Edema? Yeah, I think you were more into them than I was. Um, they were. They were certainly something. They had two, two, two albums with their main lineup, didn't they? Um, yeah so um but yeah no i'm i'm glad that this exists um and at some point we'll be back to talk about 
another new metal thing. Yeah, maybe maybe not mushroom head. <laughs> maybe not mushroom head. Maybe we should maybe we should do Edema since we mentioned it. Yeah, all right. That's there's only good. there's only like two albums with the main lineup, and then they brought in another singer. That so, that I can deal with. Okay, <laughs> we can do that. Mushroom head, one for everything. Fucking shit. Yeah, sorry, mushroom head. <laughs> so guys... many albums, so many songs, and all terrible. Just like, just grinding flat nonsense yeah sun doesn't sorry. shine anymore particularly on your terrible music <laughs> sorry guys um, masks yeah whatever slipknot whatever. did it better and i don't care if you did it first slipknot <laughs> did it better and their songs are actually good so yeah oh you just go and scream be, into your bin you wanted to be gua and you couldn't quite be gua sorry yeah. guys um so well, there you yeah. go you get to get our mushroom head episode as well it's a <laughs> yeah. double double episode yeah yeah there we go double episode we, we spent about one minute talking about mushroom head and uh and yeah the rest of it talking about something much more entertaining but yeah let, let's do let's do a demon next i'm very excited All right. about that good idea All cool. right. well thanks a lot thanks a lot for <laughs> tuning in and yeah jumping back in to our new metal journey we're very very pleased that we're we're getting back on it, and a huge thanks to Fred Durst, Wes Borland, and the boys for for bringing out that album and encouraging us to get back on the new metal horse. They brought us back from Mushroomhead, which I think is a sign in itself that Limp Bizkit are truly one of the greatest bands of all time. Yeah, truly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, all right. Yeah. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.